know what you do to me. Now the game, girl, please do not play with me. Yeah, yeah. You got what I like. It's so tight. It's so new to me. If you by my side, don't you lie. Keep it true with me. You know what I like. Yeah, I think you my type. Yeah, enough with the talking. Come with me. I do you right. Yeah, you got that. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking, I just might. Yeah, you got that. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking, I just might. Yeah. What you do to me yeah. Don't make a fool of me Show me that you different girl Just keep it true with me You know what I like Welcome back to another episode of the Matt Alexander Podcast And today I got a special guest in the building I got the man, the myth, the legend Aon Clark, aka Voice Alexander What's good bro, what's up? Yeah, peace, 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 well One love Thanks for having me my brother yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and join me, man, because, you know what I mean? A man of your stature, you know, I know you're busy and you got things going on, you know? Always, man. Always doing business. Always trying to get to the bag, but um, always making time for those amazing interactions. You learn a lot. You give a lot of understanding, a lot of knowledge, and, um, man, I appreciate being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you again, man. I- Thank you again. You know what I mean? And yeah, bro. Yeah. I know, I know, I know you from way back too, like from the time when we were in the studios and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you used to come out to any of the sessions or whatnot. Yeah, I used to I used to I was mm-hmm. there a couple of sessions back in the day. You know, Christian John used to, you know, bring yeah. me through and then you know I used to see how you guys DJ. work and get the projects put together and whatnot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's my writing partner, CJ, man, Christian John. Mm-hmm. Pure right. magic, man. Pure magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even from way back, from way back. And um, yo, I'm not even gonna lie. Songwriter. <clears throat> I'm not even gonna lie. I seen you on the live a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of days ago. You guys were making some fire on there on the Instagram live. Yeah, yeah we was cooking up. We was cooking yeah, up, man. man. You don't we usually do, you know? Yeah, trust me. <laughs> the, the vibe is always magical when you guys get together, man. I can't even front. Nah, man, it is. It is. We just sit, we just have an open energy for for the melodies and for the um, just the the rhythms and the cipher. Mm-hmm. And just always, he might drop a line, and I'm like, damn, that's fire. And I just mm-hmm. try to come with something, you know what I mean, on that level or higher. And Trust we try me. to just build, and we just build off of each other. I hear that. I hear um, that. The genuine joy for and the love of the music mm-hmm. is, is, is uh, and being able to like drive down the street and just play it in your whip and get that visual feeling as well you know yeah that's, that's the best feeling man he's he, he i can't lie he's a he's a man i learned a lot from when it comes to you know like melodies and how to put songs together and just enjoying the vibe while you're in the studio you know no, what i mean because so um, much yeah trust he's a, me. He's a, he just man he's a river of, of songs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah but on a incredible writer but on a side <laughs> note let the people know your background and where you're from exactly Man, where I'm from? Man, from uh, I'm Aon Clark, uh, aka or PKA Voice, professionally known as Voice. Uh, I'm from Toronto, Canada, um, and I grew up and and I think I, I I came through. My mother told, as my mother would tell would tell it, she's from Tobago, as she would tell it. Um, uh, we started off in Jungle, mm-hmm. and then we moved to Jane and Finch. And then from there, at about the age eight, we moved to Scarborough. Okay. But it's not about, I was never outside in any of those areas. You know, I was more of a church musician. So we had to go to church every Sunday, you know, every Wednesday Bible study and, and all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. that's where I learned how to um, play the drums, sing. And it was kind of my escape from like, you know, the strict, I guess maybe the strict vibe of church. You could jump up on the drums, you could sing, and it's a <laughs> little more fun. Yeah. Enjoyable. That that actually leads into my next question. So you going to church every Sunday, is that the place where you fell in love with music? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, At a very young age. Okay. I mean, I started singing. I wanted to sing. My parents said that I wanted to sing at the age of three. I wanted to do a solo. I wanted to grab the mic, grab the mic. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So is yeah. there is there any unreleased footage of you ever getting up there to do your solo in front of oh, the whole man. church? As, as a kid, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I I did do a lot of uh, talent competitions in the church because I was a part of the Church of God. So the Church of God is like a historical whole section of churches from Canada all the way down to 
uh, the U.S. and the south of the U.S. And it's been around since uh, right after slavery or around slavery days. Oh, wow. So they have programs that develop all of these great musicians that you hear about, like Ray Charles, Marvin Gaye, all the best singers. They came out of the Church of God. So I came up under the same section of black churches. Okay. That gospel and that that gospel and that 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 vibe that being able to play music uh off a of ear right. is something that you learn is different than um you know what I mean? The more the incredible classically trained people that are amazing. But this is something different. So in your opinion, do you find that's a better way to kind of get in tune with music is when you come from a church rather than how do I say it? Like um, do I think it's better? Yeah. No, no. I think both. You should have. I think you should have both. I think what? you should have both abilities. It's one of the abilities of to create, and it's mm-hmm. one of the abilities to exercise music. Right. But you gotta exercise both uh, disciplines. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Who were the? So, who were your inspirations <laughs> in music? Uh, my my inspirations in music, man. That's a great question, brother. Um. <laughs> Marvin Gaye for sure. Okay. Um, Al Green, Bob Marley, Frank Sinatra, um, Louis Armstrong. Inventors, inventors, people that you know. Even Chris Martin from Coldplay, that's one of my favorite singers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Chris Martin from Coldplay. I'm a very eclectic. I just like creative singers. So like Bjork, for example. And she's extremely creative. Her stuff's crazy. It's fire. So when you it know. comes to you making music, do you ever, because you know those are your inspirations, right? So how can I say this? Do you ever find yourself using <laughs> techniques that they use when you want to create? Uh, most definitely. Well, of late more so than mm. before. More, before, yes, you know, everything that I do is, is, is from someone else. Right. Every line I've ever done, I, I'm like, that's my, that's my Brian McKnight. Mm-hmm. That's my, that, uh, you know what I mean? Or yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever, whatever name it is that I'm feeling at that at that particular time. But I'm just a. Uh, that's why they, I think that's why I got the name Voice. I was able to do and conjure up different voices, yeah, and I'm still kind of able to do it. I'm not going to lie. I be seeing you on your IG on the lives hitting certain notes and, and melodies and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lie. I wish I could sing, man, because. <laughs> <trust> <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, man. It's a blessing to be able to uh, to do that, to sing. Um, the thing that, that kind of makes it a little, uh, it's always a doozy. There's always two sides to every coin. Mm-hmm. I would say the music business in, in general is it's just uh, it, 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 it can take away a little bit of that um, that creativity because you can either get too generic mm-hmm. or you can either like just get caught up in business and then you just lose your drive and, like, and your creative side, you become a different person, right? You got to be, when you're a creative person, that's who you got to be like, it's got to be a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can talk about it, <clears throat> I want to ask, what are the pros and cons of the music business people should know about? Pros and cons. Um, that's a broad. That's that's broad. But like, in terms of like, well, through your experience, pros from my experience, the pros is like the experiences you gain, the affirmation that you get from from achieving things. Right. Those are the pros, and, and what you learn, it's tools that you can bring back to the studio. Okay. That's all that matters. What you can do, what's better in your game and your songwriting game, to make the best song ever. You know, that's my goal personally. Like, I don't think you should go in the studio and not try to make an amazing song or whatever it is you're trying to do, just lev- up the level yeah, to the, the max. best song possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. Take me so, back. Um, oh, no, sorry, my bad. My, continue, continue. The cons, mm, yeah, the cons now is, is, is understanding people. You got to know how to understand people and how the business works and understand the language of your um, of your contracts don't just don't just want to be in the mix because I know when you're young you just want to be in the mix. Don't just want to be in the mix and overlook the little negotiations. Whatever you are worth 
it should be reflected in the numbers. If it's not, you're going to have to respectfully decline. You can't just go keep going along like, you know what I mean? Right. And that's a lot of people's downfall. You just keep going and going along. And then they look back, your royalties are short, you're not getting paid properly, things like that. So those are, those are the pitfalls. If I may ask, have you ever gone through any of those situations where you kind of had to step back and say, yo, this is, doesn't look too good? Or, Yeah, actually uh, today. Oh, wow. A, a song deal that was offered to me for one of my songs. An artist wanted to use one of my songs that I wrote and produced. And the deal was didn't, it wasn't favorable for me right. because uh, they had mentioned that I'd be getting full copyright, 100% copyright. That's great. But what they don't mention is the other things that are actually dictate the income of the record and that they're giving you only 15% of those things. And they're only giving you 10 and 15% and 20% of, of, of what, of your own work mm-hmm. based on promises in the future that have no proof for any paperwork. So, so oh, continue, continue. So if you're jumpy, you jump at it and you just say, go ahead with it and everything. And you go ahead with it. And then years later, the song goes platinum or it ends up in a movie and you're like, yo, I'm rich. Where's my money? Excuse me. And they're like, nah, man, this is what you signed. Look. And you know what's crazy? Especially like a lot of people from the black community, I find that they, because they don't, because coming up in the game, they don't start with anything. So they usually jump at the first opportunity to get out of their situation that they're currently in. And then I find years later, a lot of them get upset because when they, when they are established, they have a couple of hit songs Yep. They look at their checks and be like, yo, this is crazy. I should be making three, four, five times more than what I'm supposed to be. But it's yeah. like they forgot that at the start, you jumped at the situation to better yourself and you didn't think long term. We, we didn't negotiate. Yeah. Did, but the, but it's hard because the higher ups don't want to negotiate. They'll send you the contract. You'll bring it to your lawyer and you'll spend money and you'll make your changes, send it back. And then they'll, and then the label will just send back the exact same contract. That's crazy. And you'll call the plug and be like, "Yo, what's going on?" And the plug will be like, "Yo, just stay calm." Like, what do you mean, stay calm? That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's the experience I've been. These are the things you know. I'm not naming any names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to name any names. You know. I don't yeah, like... I don't want to name names. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Certain names, like in, in negative stuff. I don't want to. I say I don't want to name names. It's just. Nothing in the negative light. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. Always got to stay positive through any situation. Uh, most definitely. Right. Take me back to how it was in Toronto for a musician trying to get signed in the early 2000s. The early 2000s? I mean, it wasn't like how things are now in terms of like accessi- accessibility and just being in the know where the studios are. Nothing like that. You'd have to know someone who knows someone in those times, right? Mm-hmm. So like I said, I grew up in the church around a lot of great musicians. There was like a breeding ground for musicians. So vicariously through that, I ended up at Maestro Fresh West Studio, Maestro Fresh West. Um, speaking of naming names, I'm going to name a name, Keisha <laughs> Wint. She's, she's a great singer from the Toronto area, gospel singer. Okay. Um, she happened to be my choir director growing up as a child, you know, in church. And now she's a great singer, but she's friends with Maestro Fresh West. So back in the day, let's say early 2000s, she brought me over to the, to, to the uh, or like late 99, she brought me to his studio. And that was the first time I've been to the studio. And I was like, yo, this is sick. You know? Right. Awesome. But further than that, even in high school, I managed to like finesse my class to be working with Peter Cardinelli. He's the guy that made up the baseline for um, Rick James, Super Freak. Oh, he's a wow. producer, a major producer. I managed to um, hit him up because I just had always had that gift of gab, and he he allowed me to come in and intern during high school. So I met him in class. Yeah. I'm in the studio at Phase One on Kennedy with um, Anne Murray, the famous uh, singer Anne Murray. She's recording. I'm like falling Jeez. asleep. She's recording a jazz album. I'm like falling asleep and stuff Jeez. in high school. So music is something I pursue. And I, I have an interest in, and I, and I love. So I think my energy is, is, is the ultimate energy of like a Toronto musician. 
you go based off of the love of the music and the art. And then whatever comes with it, just make sure you negotiate your numbers right. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, leading into my next question. You've had Thanks. a name in this city for a long time. So if you can speak on it, who have you worked with and who have you written songs for? In in, in the city? Or in abroad? the city and abroad. Uh, okay. Uh, in the city, I think I started the first artist I was, I was writing with was Promise. Promise the an Apostle. He's a Christian rapper. To me, one of the best rappers ever in Toronto history. Mm-hmm. Um, he introduced me to a gentleman named Drake. Drake and I started working for a few years. During that time, me and Drake worked. It was Boy Wonder as well. So, like, at the beginning of, of when they first were work, started working, we were all working together. Um, Glenn Lewis came through that same studio. So that I'm, I'm giving you the whole yeah, give me the whole frame of what down. happened. Yeah, give so us. Like, so at that same time, Glenn Lewis pulled up right, when we did a record for him. Uh, Melanie Durant, she pulled up to my house, and we chilled, and then we made a song in like two seconds. Yeah. Um, Real Melanie Toronto Fiona, history right now. You know, Melanie Fiona, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Let's talk about it. Mm. Melanie Fiona, you know, and that led to the Rihanna record, which was my first major placement. Because I made on, a song hold on, hold on. Hold on. You have a record with Rihanna? Yeah, yeah my first my first song placement ever oh. was with Rihanna. Sorry, the squeakiness in the room. I apologize for, to everybody listening. Um, but oh. yeah, the Rihanna record. Talk about that, man. Talk about that. Yeah, we did a song called Them Haters. Uh Melanie Fiona, she came through. Back in the days, I used to sing at this place called the Avocado Supper Club. Drake got me my first gig in the city as a singer. Jeez. We were in a group together called the Renaissance, and we used to sing. So I would do the Al Green, and D Tam would play the keys. And uh, one day, this beautiful lady came in, American lady. She was like one of the baddest chicks I ever seen. She said, "Can I bring my artist in next week?" I said, "Whatever you want." <laughs> so the next week, she came through with this beautiful young singer named Melanie Fiona, or Symphony at the time. Symphony came through. I was like, "Yo, can I sing one?" I'm like, "Come on, man!" You know, and I told you I grew up in the church, so mm. we collaborate. Come in. Everybody come on in, you know? And uh, we ended up singing. So they like my songwriting. So was kind of developing me and trying to bring me up to the, to the industry. How did the Rihanna record get put together? Like, how yeah, did so, you guys so, meet? So, so for Melanie Fiona, now we, we go to L.A. It's my first time ever in L.A. Uh, brought me out there. But nah, they, 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 they let me out there. And uh, we wrote this song for Melanie Fiona called... Um, them haters. It was produced by Mike City, um, and the record got heard by L.A. Reid. And at the time, Rihanna was working on her album. They thought the song was perfect for her, and they cut the record on Rihanna. So, was this off Rihanna's what her debut album? Her sophomore album. This is off of her sophomore album. Yeah, brother. Okay, okay. So this made. I felt like like I feel like when I look back at that, I'm like, yo, that's actually like a historical thing. What I did there, still. Of course. Yeah, it was never noted. Like it was never really. That's the thing about my career. Like most, everything's kind of more underground. Mm-hmm. But I know what I represent, and I know that I don't just represent myself when I do things. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah, man. I hope one day, like, I can just at least get my credit so I can get paid all my money for all my records that's out there. So, so you're trying to, <laughs> so you're trying to say everything didn't go as planned with with a situation as big as that. Well. Here's the thing. Even if everything does go as planned, let's say everything goes does go as planned and everything, the money's there. Mm-hmm. You still got to go collect it from these companies without them trying to finesse you. Hold That's on. That's also part of it. So, so yeah. you got to go and see them face-to-face? It's not like... No, like you sign up your stuff, but you don't yeah. know how they're crunching all your numbers, right? Unless you do an audit. Oh, wow. You don't know. So you can be making $3 million, but they're telling you you're only making 250000 Right? You don't know unless you audit them. So you got numbers, things going looking crazy in your statements. You're like, how does like this? And then now it's like this, and then it's like this, and then Yeah. Wow, yo. It's real stuff. And then then, you know, that's what I'm here for. Like really that's what I'm here for, just talk the real stuff and not to like Yeah, that's why I'm just letting you you I'm at the point where I'm just kind of in the gray area. Mm -hmm. I, I never I made it to a level where I have big names 
under my belt. Not to say I was in the same room with Rihanna when that went down, but I was in the same room with Diddy. I was on Making the Band 4. You know? Hold on. That was going to be my next question, you know? you know. It's like you're reading my mind right now. Because, you know I mean? yo, <laughs> hold on. I'm not going to lie. Making the Band, I was a huge yeah. fan of that show back in the day, you know. I'm just thinking about it. Listen. <laughs> I was a huge fan of making the band back in the day. I remember I used to sit in front of my TV and watch that show religiously. You know yes, what I mean? Brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All the seasons from the the band to Danity Kane. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I did a song for them. Oh, whoa, whoa. What yeah. song? Hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah. Listen, listen. Let's talk about that. I saw you appeared on a couple of episodes with someone by the name of P. Diddy. And Brian yes. Michael Cox. Yeah, that's correct. That's you know correct. What I mean, and for yeah. those who don't yeah. know who Brian Michael Cox is, he's a. I think he's also a singer and a songwriter. And he, yes, he is. You see him with Jermaine Producer. Dupri all the time, and Producer. yeah, 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 yeah. So, how was it? And I remember seeing you on an episode with Day Twenty Six and Danity Kane. So, how did that come together? And what was it like back then? Like, what was the vibe? You know what? It was more from my angle. It was like I got signed and, and I flew out to L.A. and I was working in Will Smith's studio and then we moved to Atlanta. Jeez. Everything was just happening so quick, right? Jeez. And <clears throat> somewhere in around the fall, Brian approached me with a CD from Mario Winans. He was saying, Puff's doing working on his new show. Um, we need a song, a single for the guy group. So I just went in my Puff bag. I'm like, yo, guy group 112 should be reminiscent of 112. It's the bad boy brand. This is why I fell in love. This is why we all fell in love with Bad Boys, that R&B. Of course. Smooth sound. So I, I heard there was about four or five beats. They were all very, very unique because Mario Wine is, you know, you really got to <laughs> crack the code Trust with his beats. Beats ain't regular. You know what I'm saying? They're, mm -hmm. they're advanced. So that beat forgot me going. I just understood it, and I just followed it with my pen, and I channeled. I just tried to channel that Bad Boy energy. And in 20 minutes, bomb. Listen. That got me going. Let them know. Because I'm not going to front. I was a fan of the Day 26, and that whole first album was unbelievable. And let them know that, yeah, got, yeah, me, yeah. that got me going was the lead single. Mm. Yeah, it was the lead single, and it charted on the Billboard. I believe it was on the R&B charts, and it was mm. 27. I'm 27. So to me... Major achievement, like it was major affirmation, brother. Forget about the achievement. Mm -hmm. Affirmation that I know that I can write and I know I have the ability to make hit records. I'm not talking foolishness. Yeah, that, you know? trust me, bro. I, you know what I mean? Trust yeah. me. Yeah, I remember, man. I remember, like I said at the start, I remember seeing you on on that episode. You got you guys were cooking up in the studio and you came up with that track, "Got Me Going," which was the lead single. I don't want to yeah. put you on the spot, but yo, yeah, if you. If you still remember the lyrics, yo, you can't There's give no me other love. There's nobody else I'm thinking of. Only you, baby, special. How could I ever forget you and let the moment slip away? We've been here for a while, but I just want to take you away. You got me doing things I'd never do. I can't stop dreaming and dreaming. Yeah, man, you yo. know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie. I know the whole song too, but I would jump in, but I can't sing. So I just let you do it. Too, you know what I mean? That, that, yo, that whole yeah. first Day 26 album was was fire, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, we that, did that, the, that was, Are We In This Together. That's one of my favorite songs like off that album feeling. too. Shout out to CJ. Um, So Good, Day yep. 26. Yep, yep. Um, I'm The Reason. I mean? That was a big track off that album too. Underrated. But uh, you know what I mean? But and, yeah. and, and and so also talk about Danity Kane too. How did you yeah, what songs did you write for I them? Was there, so I was basically out there in Miami with them in that same house. we 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 didn't stay there, but that's where we would pull up every day. Right. During the time we were there, creating records. There was a lot of different writers in the house. Danity Kane was in there, Day 26 was in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And yeah, we were just cooking up so Got me going. I already had that record before I pulled up in Miami. Like Diddy had heard it and went, woo, like selected it. He's like, yeah, I like this joint. So that was a blessing. 
you know. Yeah. Danny Kane now they were around and I worked up I worked with Cassie as well. She was around too. Okay. So um actually she wasn't in my my fault. That's that's a different story. Talk about that but, after the Danny Kane situation. Bet, 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 bet. So Danny Kane, um yeah, they needed a uh, they needed a bridge for a song called Two of You. They needed a bridge for it. And um, you know I had you know I got them bridges. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got them bridges, so I just hit up the bridge real quick. Got that, got them points on that record. And that's what it's all about: being able to get in, you know, handle your business, go with the flow. It was a pretty good bridge. I'm not gonna lie; it was one of my better bridges at the time. <laughs> I want to put you on the spot. I may say, "Yo, can you give us the bridge?" Or you know, what's crazy? I would be able to. I would give it to you, but I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I remember that it was flowing nice, though. Okay, okay. I remember it was flowing nice, and then. Get into the Cassie situation. How was it working with with uh, Cassie? That was cool. I was living in LA, um, and uh, at that time, I was I was linking up with Diddy. He was working on I think last train. No, actually, I'm lying. Must be love. The song must be love. Okay, I remember Cassie, that song. Cassie featuring Diddy. Mm-hmm. While we were in Miami, they pulled. They said, "Hey, oh, by the way, we got to do this. We need you to do something." Right. This song is already written, but we need you to come up with a different melody. The way that you would do the melody. Right. Like, sorry, bet. <laughs> so I just took the lyrics and I just, they put the beat on and I said, I know it must be love. Jeez. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we just came with it. We just came with the R&B flavor and took it to church. And Cassie, liked, I guess, Diddy liked it, like what I came with. He knows what I'm trying to... Diddy knows that I'm I'm always trying to pay homage. He knows that. Mm-hmm. You can hear it in the melodies I'm trying to... Things I'm trying to... Even when I'm singing right now, you asking me to sing, I'm like, going in. Yeah. <laughs> you got to let the I'm people know, man. It. You know what I'm saying? You know what if I'm you saying. got talent like that... Yeah, you gotta no. let the people know, man. You know yeah, I mean? you know, make the people them smile. Make the gal them smile. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when you working with Day Twenty Six, Danity Kane, and Cassie, was this all around the same time? Yeah, yeah, oh. it was all around the same time. It was all it was all in the same from two thousand seven to basically two thousand and like eleven. Okay, okay. So, um, okay. So, how was yeah. it like? Going back to the day twenty six and Danny Kane situation, like in Miami, how was it with like all the cameras and stuff there? Because you know they were doing, they were filming, no, making trippy. the band, right? Uh, like, yeah, it didn't really phase me at all for some reason. Okay. Thinking back, I didn't even care. Okay, yeah, you're just locked I was in. Feeling eh? myself, I was young. I was feeling myself. I was kind of just feeling myself. I'm like, look at me. Of course, put a camera on me. I'm signing Brian Michael Cox. <laughs> I'm taking flights every weekend. My girlfriend's bad. I live in LA and Atlanta. Yeah, put the camera on me. Mm-hmm. I got nothing to hide at that point. True, 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 true. I'm, true. I'm from I'm from Toronto. Like I'm putting my I'm poking my chest out when the camera comes. I'm like, you know, yeah. I was trying to rep. So, okay. So, at 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 that point in time, let's take it back to that point in time. Did um, how did people view you? Because Back then, mm. I don't think people really knew what Toronto was, right? So, like, yeah, yeah, how, out how, there. How did people deal with you at that time? Exactly like that. There was like, like how there was like. So, so let me get this straight. You got a Jamaican accent, but you talk kind of Canadian, which <laughs> sound kind of straight. Like you talk kind of. Really, they're trying to say you talk kind of white. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you got that Canadian accent is very clear and clean to them. Right. Because they're, they're, the American accent is like, you know, talking about. Yeah, it's different. Hey, boy, say, 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 oh, pat me that right down there, pat me that there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't even say the S or anything. Um, So they were just like, I think, I remember my, my, my girlfriend, she said, her mom said to me, uh, are you from the United Nations? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, are you from the United Nations? I was like, I just I just laughed about it. I did feel very very um, especially the fact that I'm not like a. It's not like I'm a Toronto man that went out there that was a, that was a street man. Yeah yeah yeah. Come with the things and the things. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up outside. I grew up just doing music. Yeah. You have different elements to the culture. You got the streets, you got the church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got the 
streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got yeah. the and then you have like the, the blue collars. You got the blue collar. You have different types of, of of black people in the culture, not just black people, but just people of the culture, right? right. So I think that was that was reflected. Okay. Yeah. So you have any other stories you can talk about when you were out there doing your thing, you know, you were Brian Michael Cox, you were P Diddy, you're writing for Rihanna, you know, like uh Day 26, Danny Kane, Cassie. So like w- what else is going on at this time? Um I can tell you another story. Let's go back to 2006. 2006, I'm working with 40. OVO 40? Um, yeah, we did some Jeez. music together at um Pmac Studio. PMAC had a studio at King King and Dun- Dufferin. And that's where 40 and Drake linked up too, started working. Oh, so this is like where they actually met. This is where they started working. Okay, Not where okay. they met, but this is where they started working together. Same place. We all, I will go in there and cook up with 40. 40 had some, he would record me, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, and, and, and he would try to help me, show me a lot of things about engineering, show me how to use Pro Tools and things like that. But um, yeah, this song called "Let You Know." We did this song one night called "Let You Know," and um, L.A. Reed heard it. And at this time, I, I had a relationship with Little X. He's my brother. Still have a relationship with him. Broski, he's the director from Toronto, legendary director. I had a relationship with him. He was his his best friend. Taj was managing me, so that was the relationship. Basically, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So basically, he was managing me. You know what I mean, in a sense. So he played the record for L.A. Reed. L.A. Reid heard the record, loved the record. Um, X called me and was like, yo, L.A. Reid wants to meet you. So you got to come out here. So I took a Greyhound from, from Ajax, went to New York, and I met L.A. Reid the next morning. Jeez. Performed the record. I wasn't ready at the time. I still had my church clothes on. I had this ugly sweater. You know, the church sweaters? Like, it was like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the man couldn't even give me our gears before I went to go see you. <laughs> All about the gear, like you got to be swagged out, you know, yeah. to, to get the bill. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a cool story, like because I met La Reed and I performed for him in his office, and his office was had a white, it was all white, like um, furry, like carpet, and it was like white. Jeez. For the people who don't know, who is La Reed? La Reed's the biggest exec in the game, biggest black exec of our time. You know, of our time period, La Reed is one of the most powerful execs in the music business and uh he's an absolute g yeah he's just yeah he reads no joke he's just a teflon he's just he's just one of the teflon dons of the music industry and also i have to add um to that um to what you were saying just now back in the day let the people know that it wasn't as easy as it is now when it comes to making music and getting on and getting signed let people know that you actually had to go to, like, you had to set up a meeting yeah. and go sing in front of... Go see people and go yeah, yeah. pull up on them with the music. You know, yeah. I used to pull up on DJ Started From Scratch. That's how I got played on flow. People used to say, man, your song's on flow. I'm like, I know. Because I went there and I took Justin Dumont out for lunch. And I, and I was a friend to him. And then he looked out for me. You know? Yeah. So... <laughs> You never know. Somebody, if you if you go in there and you play some music for a DJ at the radio station, he might like it. DJs love music; they'll never turn you down. Yeah. Look on the station. Say, hey, listen, bro, I want to play some. If they like the song, they're gonna add it to their station. It's their station. So, <laughs> what was what were some of the songs you had in rotation on ninety three point five? My first single ever was called "Intox" with Cardinal Official. Cardin Cardi sent me back the verse in half an hour. That's the story on that. Jeez. <laughs> Verse was one of the craziest Cardi verses ever. It's an exclusive song. I should make it an NFT for real. Yeah, you should. Me and my brethren should make, me and my brethren should make it into an NFT. I'm, I'm saying that right now. When I get focused, I'm going to hit Cardi and say, listen, I don't just like to hit his phone like that. He's the king. Mm-hmm. He's big broski and he's humble, but I still treat him. You know? Mm-hmm. Like a legend. It's big Cardi. So, Entox, um, let's say... I would say the biggest song was Do You Right. You know, I would say Do You Right was the, was, was, was the biggest song. Um, and most people that, that, they don't, that don't know it, I always hit them with, you should let me hold you down twice a day. 
And if you say the magic words, girl, I won't delay. Love it when you make that sound. So, you know, hey. Jeez. Play with it. Don't play with it. Play with me. <laughs> okay, okay. So, but, okay. Oh, no, continue, right. continue. My bad. Oh, fly away. No, no, keep going, bro. I, I, I don't mean no, to no, no. I'm, I'm letting you go, man. I'm letting you go. Yeah, fly away. Uh, I don't know if people remember that one, but that was a mix that Scratch used to run it sometimes on the, on the traffic mix. Remember back when um, Scratch used to shell down the, tra- the traffic yep, mix? I remember them times. I remember them times. And sometimes he would utilize my song out of nowhere because he wasn't even thinking about what song. He just put, he just pulling the songs out, whatever he, you know, mm-hmm. in the traffic mix, he used to just shell it. And, um, so fly away. Jeez. It's a fly away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No? Mm. I have, uh, on to the next question I have, I want to ask, since we're talking about music and, you know what I mean? What, what is your creative process like when you're writing music? And making music, like how 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 do you, for those like just coming up in the game and wanna be a songwriter, how how do you come up with your your topics? How I go, I watch TV, I watch stuff that's popping, whatever the top ten videos are, I was watching them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was watching whatever genre you're trying to create. Go and watch the videos. Okay listen to the music, and then draw something from that, that's going to spark something. I like that. I like that drum line. Boom, you go recreate it. Okay. Go recreate it your way. Music is a collaboratory thing. There's no such thing as stealing. You know know what I mean? Um, I think using a sample is really just collaborating with whoever was in that room at that time. You know, so... That's kind of my creative process is just drawing from something else or sometimes it comes from like a conversation. Somebody said something dope or a dope situation or beautiful like view outside. You know, some of those nights you walk out and it's just like everything's just perfect. You just finish reading. Mm-hmm. The lights are just nice and you just I walk on a swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a vibe too for a song. It's all about, that's, that's now a part where it's like there's a setting that just happened. You might, yeah. and a song might just come out of that sentence. Okay. Sorry for those people who don't understand patois. <laughs> Get with the lingo. I know you were talking about it a bit earlier. You touched on it, but where has music taken you? For example, like where have you performed and Taking name me to all the, the studios you've been in? Like Highest heights, man. Highest heights. I've performed in front of some of the most powerful people in the world. Some of the richest people in the world. Some of the most powerful people in the world. President Clinton. Richard Branson. Jeez. Catherine Zeta-Jones. I sang at her birthday party. Michael Jeez. Douglas. Um, Conan O'Brien. Jeez. Um, hosted him when he was in Toronto when he was touring. We hosted him at the Sassafras in Yorkville. That's where I got my bones in Yorkville. Yorkville is a place for singers. If you're a singer and you want to get some gigs and you know how to throw a suit on and sing Frank Sinatra, you want to get a bag, go hang out in Yorkville and say, and, and excuse me, go hang out in Yorkville and say hello to everyone you meet. And you don't get big bags. You're dropping gems right now. You're yeah. Dropping gems right yes, now. Yes, sir. Don't be afraid to pull up. Um, just make sure you come, make sure you represent properly. Make sure you represent clean. Don't come up in there trying to do, don't, don't try to change the environment that you're in, in terms of like, if it's, if, if you're going to a rich neighborhood, fit in. If you're going to a, a hipster neighborhood, fit in, but do it with, on your level, do it on a level, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that. You know what I'm saying? It's clean. Has, has Aeon ever been starstruck or nervous when you've been in the presence of all these people you've been in around gets nervous and Star Trek all the time <laughs> but but um yeah i think i would say yeah for sure man i'm always i always admire i admire people i respect people so even certain people that aren't superstars you have a certain reverence for them mm-hmm. you feel nice when you see them but i don't believe 
that people should be celebrities. You know, but it is something that you can't really change. But I just don't think that celebrities should be looked at higher than, say, the bus driver for the children. You know, it's an important, that's an important job. That's a more important job than this person has to make sure these kids get from school to home safely. So I don't think anybody should be looked at higher levels. I believe that's a result of capitalism. Yeah. So the reason why I become conscious is because I know my money in the publishing and how things get run and you get cut short and these different things. And you realize it's, that's the way the system is built. And it's really you know? messed up that the system is built that way, man. It's because especially with the rise of social media and stuff like that, it's yes. it, everyone gets put into certain categories. You know no, what I mean? Absolutely. And it's absolutely. like, if you're, it's like a celebrity is like the highest possible status. Like people think like they're yes. God, you know? Yes. Yes. The reason why I was able to get into that space is because I never acted that way with these people. What's in your wallet doesn't, doesn't you know what I mean? It doesn't affect me. It doesn't cash me out. Yeah. So I just wanted to learn from them. These are great people. I want to be a great person. Not everybody thinks like that. It's not for everybody. But if that's who you are, you go out there and you, and you challenge yourself. You put yourself in front of these rooms and you sing. On the, when someone asks you to sing, you do sing, whether you're nervous or not. Because mm-hmm. the more you do it, the, the more comfortable you're going to become in that, in that situation. And you never want to miss out on an opportunity. Never want to miss out on an opportunity. I sang. A buddy of mine made me sing a couple of weeks, a few months ago mm-hmm. at a restaurant. And I didn't want to sing, you know. Mm-hmm. And he begged me, and I got up and sang. I got up and sang, and I'm walking out. The gentleman said, uh, "We were here planning our our uh, the most important event of the whole year is happening at this restaurant, this high end restaurant. They hired me right there. Oh I got wow! A big bag. I got a big bag. Oh wow! This is in Toronto or somewhere else? In Toronto. This oh, is in wow. Yorkville. Just like I said, always in Yorkville. Yeah. Yo, I have ten thousand stories of me getting money just hanging on Yorkville. By myself, because black people ain't out there. They, they feel like they don't um, belong there. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they don't. Step your weight up. Sheesh. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> I'm going to have to head down to Yorkville. I'm not going to say and see what's going on over there. Start <laughs> feeling yourself. Go out there, man. Articulate, man. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. Everybody can't be just in the office in a suit. Sometimes you got to pull up in a suit and you're not from the office. So they can see the flavor. This how, how you act in the suit. It's how, true. Stop standing up so stiff. Yeah, brother. I was going to add a good question to ask you too, you know. Damn, it slipped my mind. Oh man. Oh man. It's all It'll come cool. back. But um It'll come back to you. Um what's uh what are your top three artists you'd love to work with, dead or alive? Hmm. Top three artists I'd love to work with. I would say love to work with um Bob Marley. Because of the spirit that he represents in music, I'd love to work with uh, Neil Young. Neil Young, he had a sick sound. I don't care what time period. Eh? I'll I'll go any time period. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Every, That's why I said any yeah. any any artist, yeah. dead or alive, you yeah. know. And I think definitely Marvin Gaye. Like I'd love to him to get make me a slap. Marvin Gaye made me a slap, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Marvin, make me a slap. Bro. <laughs> That's a solid top three. Yeah. You know, solid, yeah. solid, solid. Imagine an album. Imagine, imagine an album with those three as the producer. Jeez, That's magic. That's gonna be the greatest album. That album that that would be the biggest. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you yeah. need a bag for that because you got to have the yeah. You know, that's serious equipment. You're using the tele, pulling out the Telefunken mic, pulling out the mm-hmm. SSL. I don't even know if it's SSO. They use Neve strip with the dun 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 two tape. You gotta record it to tape because it doesn't have the right. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's oh. what that's what I would do with the bag. When I get the bag, that's the type of stuff I'm gonna be doing. That you can pull out any time in the studio, bro. Just, I'm gonna have a room. Can just we can smoke our weed. We can chill. You know what I'm, I'm saying? not gonna lie, yo. Yeah. One of these days when you're cooking up, 
I might have to come slide through there, just you know, see you, the vibe and on, record the whole pro the process, man. I want, I want, yeah, that, brother, you know? please, yeah, yeah, that's man. a vibe, actually, yeah, that's man. a look. Because I that's also see that you have you, you have a, a YouTube channel as well, and I yeah, see you, yes, I you do. know, you be doing your thing and stuff too, yo. I'm trying to get into that space, yeah, you have to, yo, because uh, just imagine if you would have gotten to that space 15 oh, years ago time. when you were around At all these people, time. like you know, what I mean, yo, I'm still, but the thing about it. I'm still like that's my life. I'll be chilling with my cousin them or my little nieces and them, and then somebody like, "Yo, some craziness, like something crazy, like a huge superstar." Like, so come sing, come sing right now for us. Like, come downtown, man. Will send me a black car. Jeez. Man, will send me the black car and just Jeez. I'm down there. Okay, yeah. that's what I like to hear. Okay, do the clubs. People love entertainers. You know, I'm mm-hmm. always willing to sing a song with you, mm-hmm. with everybody. That's that's. That's the thing. That's the that's singing. That's the love. You're opening up love when you perform. So everybody starts to want to sing along. Mm-hmm. And that's what the world is all about. Oh, I, I, I remember what I was going to ask. So if I may ask, do you still have a relationship with, 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 with all these uh, 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 people that you were speaking on before? And do you have anything that may be in the works coming up in the future? I have a lot of things in the works. Okay, okay. Um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of songs done and written. I'm building a catalog because really I'm behind the scenes writing songs for major artists. I'm, I'm, I'm still getting those big placements. Okay. Those Rihanna's and those Diddy's and those, you know. Okay. So, so I was going to ask if we can get a little sneak peek of what's going on. But I don't, if you know, if you can't really talk about yeah. it, you know, I don't want you to really touch on it, you know. Yeah, me. I mean, me and Christian John right now. I could, I could just spell it out. Like me and Christian John right now, we're just cooking up hit after hit. I'm um, working with a series of producers, just a few, one or two or three, like three producers, three four producers right now. We have some beats, and we have we have all of our work ahead of us. Um, but we we're cooking up some great R and B music from like. Um, I don't want to give away too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to do that either. It's it's um. It's, we're just making some great R&B music and, and um, we're looking to sell some and we're looking to possibly come out with an EP. It would be nice for me to come out with an EP just given my whole life journey. It would be nice to, to, to have a project the way I like it. and, and you know. I think that would be dope, right. man, because you've been through so much, you know, throughout your life and stuff like that. So I think if yeah. you were to put together an EP, I think it'd be dope, man. Yeah. And people no, really need to hear that, you know what I mean? 100%, I would love to do it. I just don't know... Who, you know what the vibes are gonna be at, but I want it to be organic and representative of, of the fact that I can that um, a musician, I'm not a celebrity or, or a yeah, yeah, recording artist. I'm just a musician. Like, you know, I'm trying to catch a vibe. And oh, oh, another thing, those those songs you recorded back in the day with with OVO Forty and Drake and them, are, are are any of those songs ever gonna see the light of day, or are those just tucked in the vault? Uh, oh, the songs with Drake. Drinking them, they were all came out already. Like you know, what I'm saying okay. they all already did their thing. Okay. I told you one of them got me the meeting with L.A. Reid. Yes, 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 yes. One of the, the first few of them with Drake, they were his staple songs at the time, okay. that, for that time period. You know, yeah, yeah. And that, that helped propel the initial part of his career, and then, he, and then he came with the comeback season. I think one of my songs was on there. One song that I wrote was on the comeback season. Which one was that one? Um, Don't you have a man? Okay. Don't you have a man? Wait, aren't you featured on that Are one, right? You trying to be my girl? You're featured on that one, right? Nah. Oh. Can't believe it. Yeah, Dwelly's featured on it and Little Brother. Okay, okay, okay. But it's my hook. They took a kid to remove my vocals and he just sang over what I had. Oh, okay. Made. Um, I never. I didn't get credit for it. Jeez. Which would be nice. If I could get that, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. It would help me. It would help. It would put me. It would just. It would just get. It would just get a lot of things sorted out in the, in the business. Mm-hmm. My publishing out there, holding up my bread. Because they don't, they're not. When you don't have that respect anymore, because I'm not in the building anymore over there mm-hmm. at Warner Chapel. In terms of when Brian was there, and we were all signed. Right. I could have pulled things, but now there's nobody on my on my file. So when oh. someone gets fired on the building, you're signed. You get you just there. Yeah, so you just, uh, yeah. And they already have their own interests and their own 
people that they had to take care of. That's crazy, man. So I'm just working my way, finessing my way, trying to um, get back, get that sorted. Mm -hmm. We're we're close. Okay. That's Texas getting cut. That's that's (laughs) what I like to hear, you know? Yeah. That's what I like to hear. 100%. So, uh, since you were going back and forth between like Toronto and the States, do you find that the States has yeah, more unity it than it does back here in Toronto? Oh man, it just has more structure. It just has a structure of the business. They're more business minded, more money minded. Here it's more attention yeah. minded. There's not a lot of money going around, more tension going on. here. True. That's one of the things I noticed about the Toronto scene. A lot of people are, for certain positions, but they're not monetizing what they do. They're not asking for what they're not negotiating. They're not being like me, being a little jerk, being hard, mm-hmm. turning down certain gigs, mm-hmm. things like that. To shake it up, ask for this number. Yeah, do you say you wanted five thousand? Tell them you want seventy five hundred. Make them give you seventy five hundred. Learn how to negotiate. The money's there. These are all tax write offs for these big companies. So you get involved with them, whether it be on a commercial level, whether it be just to entertain them once, whenever they have their special events, whether you become friends with the owner, you're a musician. Cool guys always get it. Like the guys who run the businesses love artists and stars walk in the room with a little swag. Right. They love that energy. So when you're there, that energy, you know, good things happen. It's true. I believe that. I believe that. Yeah, brother. If you never had a love for music, what would you be doing? Man, I'll be doing steel. I'll be doing construction. Okay. Good with my hands. I got I got those, you know, my my, my my parent, my father's from Jamaica, my mother's from Trinidad and Tobago. I'm coming from the lineage of the, the hardworking slaves that were never even paid. So I have that natural want to use my hands. Mm-hmm. Whether it be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do steel, so I can do high rise. You might catch me on a high rise, bro. I do music. Jeez. All that's after all after all those things that I mentioned I've done. When when money wasn't flowing during COVID, I learned this this uh trade. I learned the trade. And it's called rebar and steel. And I got into it because I'm strong enough to lift metal and steel and stuff like that. And I got into it, bro. Yeah, talk about that, it. man. Elaborate on that. Man. Because it's man, that's I love that's, it. That's stuff I'd like to hear too. It's like, even like you said, if money wasn't flowing during COVID and stuff like that, and especially yeah. with all the stuff you've been through throughout your life, yeah. you still said, yeah. yo, let me just not lay back and be lazy. Let me get out there and learn something new. I, you know, Big man. Big yeah. man thing, you know? Yeah. Big man thing. I just, I just said, no, I want to be productive. My, my, you know, my family's done enough for me. My family's done enough for me. Um, it's time for me to do something for them. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm a male. I'm strong. I'm young. Let's do something productive. How can I make? I just said to myself, how can I make money? I don't like the I, I, the concept of eight uh, nine to five because I know the numbers per hour, and those are crazy numbers compared to what I was getting when I was doing the corporate events, right? Right. So I, I wanted to find what was the highest number I could get, and I heard that rebar was paying good numbers per hour, talking about 40, 45, 50, 50, You know what I'm saying? Other type of things like that. Jeez. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I already go hard in the gym, anyways. I'm the type of man. Like right now, I'm kind of scared. I had I had COVID. I'm sick. I haven't worked out in like four months. Normally, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm hedged up. I'm hedged up normally. <laughs> but yo, I got into it, man. I just figured, you know what? I can, I can, I can, I can lift this weight for eight hours. You just gotta pace yourself. Bring the right lunch. Bring your right gear. And I already love doing construction. So in the morning, I'm up. Yeah. 4.30 a.m., I'm out the door I'm in my work truck, pulling up on the site. What's up, guys? What's good? What we doing? <laughs> Cold outside. We in the winter, yeah. seven days a week Jeez. outside. Eight, nine hours. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Handling business, building Walmart, building um high-rises downtown. It's that mind state, man. You got to have that mind state. Yeah. Not about... What you're doing is, is, is about how you do it mm-hmm. and, and enjoying it. No matter where I am, I'm going to enjoy what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to find a way to enjoy it. So I was in the church. I was in a strict situation. And music was my escape from the strict situation I was in growing up as a youth. I wanted to have more fun. But I'm glad I, my parents didn't open the door and let us outside 
in those neighborhoods, like as I mentioned, mm-hmm. Jungle, Dana, Finch, Scarborough, certain ends, you know? Yeah, of course. It kept us inside, kept us in the church. So, But it was boring for us as youths. So I was like, no, nah. I just said, no, nah, I'm going to sing for the gal in, in that church. <laughs> <laughs> and give praise to God. No, nah. but it taught me a lot of morals and it gave me a lot of temper, good temperament to catch myself when I'm slipping. Some people don't have that gauge. Mm-hmm. Gave me a little consciousness to not get myself that's in trouble with a big man. Yeah, that's good. I like to hear that. Big up to my mom and my pops, um, Denton and Sheila. You know, big up to my whole family. Big up, big up. Brother, sister, cousin, them. Yeah, <laughs> auntie, them. <laughs> Sound like a real West Indian man now, right? <laughs> oh, what? Uh, another thing. You touched on that you you had COVID. Expl- talk about yeah. that, man, because. You know, I never, I never experienced nothing mm-hmm. like that, and I know, you know, we see that all over the news, people dying and stuff like that. Yeah. So, what was your mind state when, when you caught that? It was conscious. I, I was just making sure that nobody else around me. First thing I did was just call everyone else. I think first thing you do when you know you have it, go get a test, and then if you find that you have it, call everyone that you've been in touch with and just let them know that you have it. Mm. So, you know, they're supposed to go and do this, repeat the same cycle. They might, they might not. Right. But you just make sure you do your due diligence, right? Of course. And I, and I sat down and I, and I bared the pain and I realized, like, this is something that could kill somebody. I'm, I'm stronger. I don't have those weaknesses. So I didn't have the same level of, of, of symptoms. But um, I did realize that it's a serious thing because it affected me mentally. It really did slow me down a little bit. I could feel it. Um, I thought it was just the stress of working on the site, but you know, you got to always go get checked when you're not feeling well, mm-hmm. go and get it checked. You know, nowadays a lot of people are not getting sick from the cold. So if you have, if you're feeling that type of way, nine times out of 10, it's going to be that. Damn, that's, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's the information I would say to the people that like, you know, mm-hmm. let's move, let's move proper in the times we're in. We don't have to, I know they want, you know, masks and blah, blah, blah. I get it. Like I get it. I'm not privileged. So I don't, if a man say, yo, put on a mask, I'm cool with that, actually. I don't want anybody to just see my face anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I can brush through. And go, true, 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 true. I hear tough. you on that. I hear tough you. Way, I, I hear tough you. Way. Way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, one last question before I let you go. You know oh, man. Party just begun. Huh? <laughs> oh, if you oh, we can stay. We can stay in chat. Oh, nah, brother. <laughs> nah, man. I just enjoyed it. I just okay. really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, great, me too, great, man. I appreciate too. all the great questions, you know. No problem, man. And give me a voice to, to speak, man. Trust appreciate me. Anytime, it. Anytime, man. Anytime. But, um, yeah. For, for anyone listening and watching this and may want to follow in your footsteps, what advice would you give to them? Always be willing to teach what you know. Okay, I hear that. I Always hear that. be willing to teach what you know. Yeah. Okay, straight that's, to the that's point. all you have to do. Okay. Say it one more time, let the people know again. Always be willing to teach what you know. I like that. You know? I like that. I like that. Yeah. And yes, one sir. last and one last thing. Give all give your socials and where people can find you. Like what's your Instagram? You know, if you have Facebook, your YouTube. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, Aon Clark, the legend. So A I O N Clark with an E, the legend. That's both my Instagram and my YouTube page. Those are the only two pages I'm using. Oh, I do have a Twitter page. It's just Aon Clark. So follow me on those three platforms, please. Um, check out my vlog. Um, and I just enjoy it for, for what it's worth. It's going to continue to get better as it's building. And um, yeah, man, I'm just here to try to inspire everyone. I'm here to just try to educate everyone on some of the mistakes I've made and some of the good things I've done and let you know that you can do it too. You know, that's what it's all about. That's the point of me telling all these stories. I'm not gloating or being cocky. I'm saying I'm just a guy from Scarborough, from Toronto, West Indian first generation guy. And I had these aspirations and, and I believed in God. I believed in myself and I just put it out there and you can, anybody can do it. You know, so God bless. Thank you again, man. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. You know what I mean? I really, Yo, really appreciate you it. Me. You didn't have to do it, but 
I'm glad you did. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think people will enjoy it too when they hear it, man. So thank man, you. I, I appreciate you, brother. We cut from the same cloth, man. So I had to pull up. You're a real one. Thank you, man. Thank you, and yeah, I and brother. I do hope to have you on again, man. Trust me. Man, we definitely gonna have to run it back. We'll do one in person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that, man. Okay. But yeah, uh, brother. But yeah, I know you probably got some songs to cook up. You know what I'm saying? Some songs to write, record. I do. I you know do. I, mean? I don't want to. I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep you here all night. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'll holla at you yeah, again, bro, you, bro. And yeah, stay safe. And yeah, till next time. You already know. God all bless. Right. All right, done. Know yo. Ah. You know what you do to me. Not the games, girl. Please do not play with me. So tight, it's so new to me. If you by my side, don't you lie, keep it true with me. You know what I like, yeah. I think you my type, yeah. Enough with the talking, come with me, I do you right, yeah. You got that, mm-hmm. What I'm thinking, I just might, yeah. You got that, mm-hmm. What I'm thinking, I just might, yeah. You know what you do to me, yeah. Don't make a fool of me. Show me that you different, girl. Just keep it true with me. You know what I like.